Mark Paul and my co-host Justin Baker, as always, here in studio. Well, you're not always in studio, but you know you're you're usually you're you're, you're usually on the show. As always, co-host. I think I think yes, there we go. I think that we have maybe recorded like five shows without each other. Yeah, something like that. Six shows, the occasional interview, but yes, when you turn into overtime hockey talk, turn in, tune in. <laughs> you uh, you know this is a disastrous intro, but I'm not going to take it away. It's here forever. Uh, today on the show, we are just going to do our own players poll. So Justin's Brad Marchand, and I am Ryan Reeves. How dare you? And so <laughs> away we go. See, you're already starting the bad trash talking. Oh. Now I need the good trash talking. If you don't know, Brad Marchand won best trash talker and worst trash tra- trash talker. So I guess that means that some people are think he's funny and some people are offended. I don't know. I don't know how that works. You know, something the, like that. Let's see. What's what? Ten percent. So good chance all or eleven percent was his best trash talker vote, which you know I guess that says that probably there's eleven percent of the league that are Canadians and they're offended. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's just start it from the top. We we know that Connor McDavid's good. I don't know if I figured that this this high a percentage of players would vote for Connor McDavid, but he won this. This particular vote, sixty three point six percent of the league say he is the best forward in the NHL. That's crazy. You think as as much as Kucherov dominates the league right now in terms of points, right? Right. And as much as Crosby, well, Crosby at seventeen point two percent, I I kind of figured he would drop off at some point in his career, right? But you, you think Kucherov would have got more than three point seven percent? I mean, it it, it kind of looks like maybe. Only the Lightning players and maybe some of the Panthers voted for him, and that was it. Yeah, I wonder if it's just the fact that he plays on such a good team. Whereas McDavid, guys are going, look at this guy cleaning up, and he's on a bad team. Right. I, I actually think what he's doing is is far less impressive than being on a good team and being a, a that what high McDavid point is doing is less impressive. Yes. Wow. Than what Kucherov is doing. To to have the kind of point like any, I mean, Kucherov has been pretty consistent. I mean, granted, this year he has more points than ever. Um, this would, I think, in terms of looking at a guy's progression in terms of his age, I think he's probably right on that. Like, here's his top or one of his top seasons that he'll have in his career. Uh, yeah, he gets to play with some really good players. But, I mean, those really good players have to pass him the puck. They have to trust him. And so, you know, you, you look at a team that is also really good. I mean, there's there's other really good pl- teams with really good players, and you don't see really good players on those teams putting up these kind of numbers often. I, I, I just I feel like when there's one really good player, you kind of surround that guy with a lot of other players, especially on the power play. You're you're just looking to get that guy looks because he's all you've got. And so he's going to get extra ice time. He's getting extra. Yes, he gets extra attention from the other team. I'm not saying that Connor McDavid isn't one of the best players in the league, but I think this is maybe a little a little too much. Yeah, you know who I'm surprised to not even see get above the 1.7% that Sasha Barkov had in fifth place was Patrick Kane. You look what he's doing in Chicago. He's yeah. lights out this season and yeah. not even making the top five. Cray cray. Cray cray. I'll, yeah, I mean, best. <laughs> yeah, it just says best forward. So it is funny. Nathan McKinnon higher than uh, than Kucherov, which again, there. well, there's another guy who's, he, he sort of does it on his own, but he also has three pretty good players around him. Sure. Two. Uh, let's go best defenseman. And uh, that's Victor Hedman wins that with 31.7% of the vote. 
Uh, Drew Doughty at 20.9, then Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, and Roman Yossi fill out the the top five. Or Do you think that Victor Hedman is indeed the best defenseman in the NHL? Yeah, I, I absolutely would agree with this. I think he doesn't get the flashy points like some of these other defensemen do, like Brett Burns and Eric Carlson, right? But he his all overall game, his defensiveness and his offensive prowess, like the combination of those two is just so much better. You know, like, for instance, we can look at Eric Carlson, right? And, I mean, granted, he he's pretty good a defensive defenseman, but his game is mostly looked at. He's just an offensive guy who can drive the puck and – same with Brent Burns, right? He's a guy that just has a lot of offensiveness to his game and not so much the D side. So that's why I think they have a lot of that discussion every single year. It seems like I hear on XM or some publication, ESPN, it doesn't matter, TSN, where they always talk about how they need to have a separate award for best defensive defenseman and make the, the Norris just about the points. Yeah, I, I can see that. But at the same time, why is it that a – okay – and and I wouldn't necessarily drop Victor Hedman in here. It's not like Victor Hedman's only getting 15 points a year, but he's really good defensively, quote-unquote. Uh, there's something to be said about a player who you can put out on the ice, and he doesn't really have to play defense because he drives the play so much. He knows where to go. He knows where to put the puck, and he knows how to shut down other players so that they constantly have control of the puck. Therefore, there is no, oh, well, he has, he's not as good of a defenseman as we think. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he is just that good that nobody actually has to go on the defense when he's out there. And I think that that is, at least at one point, was the argument for Eric Carlson, is that he's so good, as soon as the puck was, as soon as he was on the ice, the puck was turned over, and away he went. I mean, an Ottawa team that practically finished last the, a year after they went to the conference finals and it was a year where there was all that turbulence and Eric Carlson, this and that. Like, I mean, Eric Carlson is, I think, the most impactful defenseman in the NHL when he's at his best. Impactful. That's that's the key word, though, because to me, impactful. But that's what I want. OK. Well, <laughs> right. Don't you, would you rather have a guy who's less impactful? As no, another? absolutely not. Exactly. No. <laughs> so you just you just serve my point. He's a, he's the best one. Uh, okay, let's go best goalie. I'm going to let you take the reins. Best goalie. Wow. Uh, Carey Price coming in number one, 29.9%, followed by Pekka Rene, 17.3%. Vasilevsky just right behind him at 17.1%. And then Marc-Andre Fleury and Bobrovsky round out the top five. So, yeah, I got the former Vesna winner there at number two. But Carey Price, the guy who last year looked like, to me, just a below average goaltender and he's been playing good this year no doubt but he's been playing fine this year yeah fine but 12 percent better than the next guy who the next two guys i mean vasilevsky and renee are essentially at the top of my vesna vote right now and would you rather have forget the last week would you rather have carrie price or frederick anderson the last week forgetting the last week Oh, <laughs> yeah, because what Toronto given up? We won't get into it. Um, which, which I don't think we put a lot of blame on Anderson so much as we do on. Uh, now, are we okay? I guess uh, I, I would probably take. But see, so you're having to think about. Yeah, it. I have to think about. So, it. is there that big of a difference between him and and Price at this point? I don't know. No, I don't think there. I don't think there's if anything like a twelve percent difference between like Carey Price and even Renee or Vasilevsky. It's, well, and I. I would actually take both those guys over Carey Price, in my opinion. I'm not a huge Carey Price fan. I, I think so. I mean, and I, it's even lessened by his contract now, see, too. See, 
the thing about Carey Price is that when he's when he's at his best, he's very boring. Very boring. He's very boring to watch because he's so damn good. He is very good at the angles. He's not out of position. Yeah, his he's, angles and position are very He's rarely out of position. And so when when he's at his best, like for the the place I most remember him just being at the absolute top of his game was in the uh, what 2000 in the last Olympics where he just you you just watched him go. He you they were unstoppable. And even even in a one nothing game, you know, he was just he didn't need to have these spectacular saves. He's usually not appearing on too many highlight reels, but he just goes about his business. And when he's able to be be positional, it requires some good defensemen to be positional because you you need to be able to rely on those defensemen to stop cross ice passes, right? Yeah, which is why that. What year was that? That uh, when those Olympics was that 2016. Was the last Winter Olympics, right? The last. Or, no, no, no. 2000. Uh, I'm sorry. The 14. last one. 14 is the last With one. The, the NHL, NHL players. Yes, yeah. that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and now, I mean, he was phenomenal in those Olympics. No, you couldn't score on him. Granted, he had maybe the best defense of all time out of any team to ever play the game of hockey. That was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the worst defenseman, I think, was Jay Bomeister. But remember, that was Jay Bomeister five years At ago. At his prime. Yeah, at like twenty nine year old Jay Bomey, right. so he was all right. You had pickles and Dowdy as your top pairing. That was I, I crazy. will say this: something that's very different about the goaltending position. When you look at the forwards, you go, "All right, Connor McDavid, he's twenty two. Is he even twenty two? He's twenty two. He's twenty two. Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon is twenty four. Kucherov twenty three or twenty four. Uh, all these guys are under twenty five, other than Crosby, who's just just turned what thirty one, thirty thirty one. Yeah. And then in terms of the defensemen, you've got all guys that are like 27, 26. Brent Burns is a little bit older. So is Carlson. I guess, you know, guys under 30. You get to these goaltenders. I mean, Carey Price, over 30. Pekka Rene, definitely over 30. <laughs> yeah. He's over 35. Right? Is he over 35? Pekka Rene, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like 37, isn't he? <clears throat> you've got Marc Andre Fleury, who's 33. You've got Bobrovsky, who's 30. And Vasilevsky, the lone guy under 25 in the goaltending position. Yeah, 24 which, years young. Which is just very interesting in terms of, hey, who's the best? You've got, on one hand, the best forward is a guy who's 22 years old, yet the second best goalie is 37. So yeah. just, just an interesting observation about the the position. You know what? what's crazy to me is to think that, um, because, I mean, you kind of you kind of nail it where goaltending right they they hit their prime a little later in their years they, they developed a little bit you know further down the road than forwards do but for for tampa bay's management you gotta you gotta tip your cap to them because granted i know bishop had his injury his his history of injuries but for them to just basically say we're gonna we're gonna cut bait on bishop let him go wherever he wants and we're gonna take a chance on this 21 year old kid like that was that was pretty smart i mean i i because Bishop was a proven commodity, he was really good in Tampa, right, right. and so to to cut on a guy like that, most teams are dying for number ones, and you're just gonna say, okay, we're cool with this guy going somewhere else. We're gonna take a chance with this Russian. Kid. Remember when the Montreal Canadiens came back down three one to the, the Habs? It was mm-hmm. Yaroslav Halak that was in goal for them, and they actually got rid of Halak the next right? year. They said peace out because they had Price, yeah. and they thought, Go to well, New we York. need to. Yeah, and it, it ended up being a being a fine move in the in the long term, but. I remember people saying, yeah, well, price is going to be really good, but they just gave up a like one of the hot commodities in goaltending. And, you know, a lock is 
He's been fine. Continues to be that guy. He can get really hot. Uh, Let's go best shot in the league, which probably no surprise to anyone. Uh, Over 50% voting for Alex Ovechkin. So I feel like the rest of them just kind of fall. Uh, Shea Weber, 14.6. Maybe we say best slap shot goes to Shea Weber and then the best shot. I I think Matthews has the best wrister, in my opinion. His is ridiculous. (laughs) It's deceptive. It's it. Yeah. and, And he just slightly changes the angle and it's yeah it's nasty uh patrick line a 12.6 you you were saying something about that 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 was yeah i'm actually quite surprised for a guy that you know don't get me wrong the last couple years of his you know his young career he's he scored some goals but like he hasn't been the goal scorer that i figured for a guy who makes the top five and best shots you know would you know would be rated that high i guess i mean i don't know i mean we see stamkos and matthew still scoring goals and we know weber but for a guy you know that much you know 12 percent. i mean i've i figured maybe a little bit less is it maybe just because he was that good and you know maybe he's just having a down year i guess that people are like yeah hey. i think it's fair to say that he's having a having a down year yeah i don't know i mean I, i'm surprised actually char is not on this list if we're throwing shea weber in there i feel like you got to you know, lump in Chara with that for just hard freaking shots. I, I got to say this, though. He picked the worst time to have a bad year because now, I mean. Who, Chara? Oh, no, I'm talking about, talking about Line A. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, he has to sign a new contract. What's he going to get now? Right. Five million? <laughs> uh, maybe six. Maybe six. Yeah, but, but they'll do a short short deal with him i feel like because he'll be like oh you know i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce back from Maybe, this or so. is it that you go well we'll tell you what we'll give you you know we'll give you like seven times eight or something like that and just bank on the fact that he's not get better actually collapsed and get him for seven million right. a year. you get a bargain yeah and you kind of give it, give it both ways that'll be interesting uh most underrated player in the league we've uh of course you know typical Nicholas Backstrom's on this list, but didn't quite clip out Alexander Barkov, who it feels like it's those two. Like it's always, always. those two. Uh, I do like some of the newcomers to this list, though. Miko Rantanen was the fifth. Uh, he in Colorado at at four point four percent. Same with Kuznetsov, and then Braden Point. So some, maybe some newer newer names to that list. I can see Braden Point or Miko Rantanen becoming that talked about player where people are like nobody talks about this guy so let's always talk about him about how we don't talk about him because you know if we don't talk about him then no one will know who he is because yeah, we when never you're, talk about him. when you're in a market with another superstar like you're gonna be that underrated like not talked about guy well it's funny that kuznetsov and baxter both made this list <laughs> and <laughs> so obviously, obviously so no one talks about anyone on the capitals except for ovechkin <laughs> um i want john, john carlson on this list it is interesting though that there are no defensemen or goaltenders on this list yeah i wonder if i wonder if goaltenders were even an option i mean would you think i mean they were under you know it was just the most underrated player that's interesting but maybe just guys naturally don't think of goalies true uh most difficult player excuse me to play against Connor mcdavid of course 30.9 percent. interesting that this goes down uh granted because there are you know, you think it's because there are defensemen maybe that are hard to play against. But no, there are no defensemen that made this top five. Uh, it is McDavid, Crosby, Bergeron, and then McKinnon and Kopitar. So just because you're good doesn't mean you're hard to play against, I guess, is the... Guessing? I think Connor's speed is what makes him difficult. 
like just pure speed, that guy. Yeah, it's just it's interesting to me that you know you go all right. Who's the who's the best forward? Well, McKinnon, Kucherov, Barkov are all of those are on those guys are on that list, but then they aren't on the most difficult to play against list. Oh no, McKinnon is, but Bergeron and and Kopitar take the place a couple of those guys. Yeah, Kopitar, Bergeron, just good, great two way guys, and Crosby. I can see Crosby because the dude is just so <laughs> he's good at everything. I I still. I still might actually put him as the best player in the world above Connor McDavid right now. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, that next question, who would you like to start a franchise with? Of course, another Connor McDavid, 60%, but that's because he's young, young. You that's know? exactly it. Crosby is old and he still gets 18 and a half percent of the vote. Of course, Austin Matthews is next. Patrice Bergeron being fourth on this list is surprising. Because he is quite old. He is <laughs> quite old. Franchise yeah. He's what, 34, 33? Yes. And so. 30, yeah, and uh, then Nathan McKinnon also. Uh, answer me this. Not including any players on this top five, who would be your player to start a franchise with? Ooh, not on this top five. I. It would definitely have to be a centerman, right? I think, I think that's so. a given. I would probably go with Shifley. Yeah, I think maybe... I think maybe Mr. Shifley, or I might even reach a little bit and say Patrick Kane. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, Patrick Kane, that's a, that's a hard one because being a winger, obviously right. that's, a, that's difficult. All these players on this list are centers. Uh, but yeah, that's a, it's a hard... I th- see, I think that I would lean towards picking a defenseman. I would probably Ooh. take Eric, Victor Hedman first. Just build a team around Victor Hedman, and you're probably going to be okay. That's interesting. Uh, anyways, okay, let's... Go to the game's best and worst trash talker. Uh, Brad Marchand, as previously stated, wins that award. Best trash talker, 21.3%. Worst trash talker, 12.5%. So uh, so what's that? Like 35-37% of the league voted for him being either the worst or the best trash talker in the league. That's funny. And then it's everyone else. On the best, you've got Dowdy, Ryan Reeves, Claude Giroux, and Nick Cousins, and then on the worst, Antoine Roussel, P.K. Subban, Nick Cousins, and Bren Lemieux. The only player to appear twice along with uh, with Brad Marchand is Nick Cousins. Yeah, those trashed. I think the worst, I would imagine, uh, because I don't think they really ever give a good description of what it means to be the worst trash talker, but like you're going up to a guy just skating down, hey, 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 your face looks stupid. Like, that's just terrible trash talking, right? Yes, so yes. that's what I imagine this is probably it. And I'm sure, you know, Marchand, as much as he is good at trash talking, he probably just every once in a while throws out just some stupid lines. He's at least entertaining. and Very much and so. I, see, I would say the whole, like, okay, who's the best trash talker? I don't really, I don't really care uh, what you say. I want to know who are you most afraid of is what I want to know. Ooh. Like, who scares the shit out of you? Like... Well, Matt Martin would say Chara right now. Yeah, yeah, okay, there's Chara, but then at the same time, there's guys who, like, let's go back, like, 2011. Matt Cook might be up on that list, or, like, Rafi Torres. Like, who are you afraid might end your career tomorrow? That's what I want to know. I like that. Now that but the, see now the NHL won't do that because of course they're trying to take the violence out of the game a little bit and that sort well, of stuff. Well, it's the so. it's the NHLPA so they don't want to make their, uh, That's their guys look too bad. Right. I'm sure that Brad Marchand wears this with a badge of honor. Uh the next question is unique. Who would make the best TV analyst once they retire? Uh that's PK Subban taking that one 10.8%, which he has done some work with Sportsnet and I've 
you know, when, when Nashville has been, well, Montreal was out of the playoffs or Nashville was, was eliminated. He, he jumps in for some different, different, uh, commentating and he, he does a good job. Uh, you also have Keith Yandel, Ryan Reeves, Ron Hainsey, and Alex Stalock. I'm glad they at least put one goalie Only in one there. goalie. I feel like everyone who's a broadcaster used to be a goalie. That's true. Here, right. for those who don't know, we're you know based out of Detroit, Michigan, and pretty much outside of Larry Murphy, they've got two goaltenders doing you know color commentary for you know Fox Sports Detroit for the Red Wings and Chris Osgood and what's his face, the other guy I can't remember Legacy? his name. No, 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 no. They the um, Darren Elliott. He's, he was a goaltender, too. Oh, so. is, oh, yeah, okay. He was an old goalie. Old goalie. Yeah, I mean, you go like Darren Pang, and you've got Kevin Weeks, and I, I know there's more. Brian Boucher, yep. NHL Network, yeah. Yep. And and often, they're they're the really good ones. I mean, they're the guys who are sitting back and watching a lot of the game, and they, they understand the strategy, and uh, I, I imagine that many of these players also do, <laughs> too. Uh, I think that one complaint I've always had was if you go and you watch, let's say like an NFL live on ESPN, and it'll be like, all right, here's Keyshawn Johnson and Terry Bradshaw and all these guys who are Hall of Fame players, some of like the best ever at their position. And when you're watching hockey, you're like, oh, Darren Darren Pang, the guy who, who, was, that guy? who was terrible in the 80s. And like all these guys that were pretty mediocre. Ke- I mean, Kevin Weeks was an okay goalie. He had some okay seasons. Not nothing. No Martin Brodeur. Right, right home about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see Martin Brodeur doing Enterprise commercials, but that's about it. <laughs> like, why is it that high-end players don't go on to be in broadcasting like other sports? That's a very good question. And I mean, some of that may have to do with the way that certain athletes spend their money and now they need money. That's true. Uh, but I, I have to imagine that you know, there, there's there's other guys out there that played at a really high level. Like, I'd love to see Brett Hall be a, a hockey commentator, like do color commentary. He was hilarious. Like Jeremy Roenick, I would say, is the he's probably the best on ice player that is a an established broadcaster. In terms of star status, right, know. right. Yeah. When oh, he yeah. played, he was he was a a high end player. He was a superstar, and, and now yeah. he is a broadcaster. And so I would say that he's he's up there in terms of of that comparison. But there's so many other guys that I'd love to see take that broadcast booth and you know have that legitimacy behind them. And I think that it gives the game some legitimacy too when it's like, okay, well yeah. Hey, remember that guy you used to watch playing as a kid? Now he's your he's the play-by-play guy. Like I know some guys go on and they they're GMs and they're coaches and that's fine. But what about the the guys that aren't Surely there's somebody out there who is really good looking for a broadcasting job. <laughs> do you think maybe it has something to do with the spotlight thing, right? So there's a bigger spotlight when it comes to NFL broadcasting and, and MLB broadcasting. So those guys that were in the spotlight when they were players, they're like, oh, I'm going to go into broadcasting because I'm still going to be like the guy. I'm going to be looked at as like, mm-hmm. you know, very well known. I'm, my name's still going to be out there. Whereas like hockey, it's, you know, you don't see a lot of nationally broadcast guys. And we pretty much had the same group, you know, Doc and Pang and all well, those guys not, have been yeah, around they're forever. They're generally not as outspoken. Like a PK right. Subban, you don't see that kind of guy in hockey, but you see that guy in basketball and in football a little bit more. Uh, Keith Yandel, I've heard, I've heard do some, uh, do some speaking things as well. And he, and he's good. Uh, Ron Hainsey was an interesting one on there, but I think that you'll see younger guys. Like I'm wondering 
what players are about to start a podcast? Ooh, honestly, like what players that currently play are going to go, yeah, I'm starting a podcast. I don't care. I'm putting in my contract that I get to do a podcast if I want to. You know, I don't, you know, right now I don't know what their limitations are, but who wouldn't, you know, I mean, a podcast, if it was two players that were genuinely, uh, genuinely enjoyable to listen to, like, uh, let's, let's say Austin Matthews, Patrick Marlowe and Mitch Marner started a podcast. <laughs> People would freaking listen to that. They oh, hundred percent would. Absolutely. So what? Like, I feel like we'll see that eventually. And, and I mean, even it doesn't have to be hockey, but it can be any other sport. When are we going to start seeing these athletes start their own podcast? Because it's yeah, know, Ryan it's Johansson and PK Subban. I would listen to that one. Yes. Yes. So. Exactly. Which you'd get like. I mean, you look at how how big the Spit and Chicklets has has blown up, and yep. you know this podcast, how big our podcast is. You know, <laughs> huge. Hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways all right let's let's keep chugging down our list uh we have who would make the best gm when they retire? sydney crosby finally the top of one of our one of our list 5.5 percent. so there's there's obviously there's a lot of players in the league that uh players tend to lean towards think they'd be good gms you got jason spezza brooks orpik mark shifley and Derek stepan also on this list is there anyone that uh that you also think might make a good GM. Maybe that's not on this list. I don't know. That's This is a tough question because obviously I don't communicate or don't really like interact with these guys, you know, especially most of these players do on a daily basis with each other or, you know, they have a lot of interaction. So you know where a guy's intelligence is. So I guess maybe I would have to take somebody's on ice IQ and maybe hope that it translates into general manager, right? Sure. So if that's the case, I would maybe... Patrice Bergeron, maybe? Yeah. 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 Could go and be the GM of Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be a French guy. Yep. Uh, Who's the funniest player? Keith Yandel takes it 12.1%. So he would make a great play by play guy. And he's the funniest guy, along with Drew Doughty at seven, Dustin Bufflin, then Brent Burns, and Dan Girardi gets fifth with 2.5%. I'm surprised Burnsy isn't higher on this list, honestly. I mean, that. That beard and the teeth alone. Yes. Just give me yes. the, the stash. Yeah, it's just the status of that. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to have Keith Yandel on the show, so we can find out how funny. Okay. He is. Okay. That's the goal. Um, best current female hockey player. Top is Hillary Knight, then Marie Philippe Poulain, Amanda Kessel, Kendall Cohn, Schofield. She's the one who won the who well who competed in the fastest skater and actually beat somebody one guy one guy yeah and then emily falzer uh don't have much to say about women's hockey because i don't watch it yeah you know i don't have anything against it i just don't know really where i did read though that they uh they put out invitations now for uh, officiating combine they're having and they're getting a lot more women signing Uh, up so we're gonna see some female officiants here pretty soon yeah so i'm excited for that There already is in the nfl there's umpires in the nfl where women so uh yeah we'll see it very soon uh would you be in favor of regular season game featuring nicknames on jerseys and it shows a picture of tatar's jersey and then also another picture of his jersey with the nickname tuna on it Tuna uh, and sixty six percent of players said they would be in favor of this. Would you? Would you be okay with this? Like, are you? Let's let's broaden this. How much freedom should teams have with what they put on jerseys, and how much freedom should players have on what goes on their jerseys? Mm, I feel like this could get dirty really quickly. 
And yeah, there would be some some terrible nicknames where I think parents would go <laughs> and be like, "Ah, cover your eyes." Well, okay, let's but, let's those aside. You know, obviously, like you might not. see some some nicknames on the back, like D bag or, you know, I would <laughs> Big hope sack that that's, or something. That's a brutal know. nickname if that's it your is. nickname's yeah. D bag. Actually, there was a guy in college. I was the RA, and it was his first time there. You know, he was bringing his stuff in, and I said, "Hi, douchebag." <laughs> Just called him douchebag. First time I ever saw him. He he kind of looked like it, like he was like a pretty boy. So I just called him douchebag. But yeah. I called him douchebag every single time I saw him for oh the first week. I actually ended up being in his wedding years later. <laughs> uh, but he told me he's like I literally I thought you hated me and I had no idea why. I was like no I thought you were cool so I called you douchebag. Oh my gosh! Did I ever tell you my high school nickname? No. Oh my gosh! Okay, so, so. Um, my dad, big race car guy, right? He he used to be an IHRA pro stock crew chief he has his own race cars right now he's just he's really big into the motor stuff but anyways so he used to always get a lot of free merchandise from from companies hats t-shirts that sort of stuff and so like as a kid like i didn't really think anything of it i used to wear some of the stuff well i had a hat from this company called jegs j-e-g-g-s okay somebody jeggings (laughs) pretty much somebody misread it and like out of nowhere, they just looked at me and was like, does your hat say jugs? <laughs> <laughs> and no joke, from ninth grade on, oh God. my nickname was Jugs. But it was only in like a small group of people. So once I actually was, you know, fairly popular in my senior year, like nobody called me that. But for like the first <laughs> couple of years of high school, everybody called me Jugs all the time. It was pretty ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Jugs. Well... Well, Jugs, let's go on to the next question. I would not want that on the back of a jersey. That's all I'm saying. Jugs, yeah. Would that be J-U-G-G-S? That's exactly it. The double G Jugs. The double Those G's. are some big-ass Jugs. Uh, let's go. Which arena has the best atmosphere? Number one is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They have stolen the show in terms of people going there. People love it. Uh, next is the Bell Center, 21 14% Bridgestone Arena, 10% at the United Center in Chicago, and a... Nice little tip of the cap, 3% to the Minnesota Jets. Minnesota Jets, the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Sweet mother, what's happening? Uh, uh, any any like pushback against this? No, no, I'm okay. And Do you think the Joe could be on this list if it was still in existence? No, not at all. I think there's a reason. That, that was a terrible arena. Oh, my gosh. Maybe in its heyday it was great, but... Uh, the latter years were just, just awful. But um, there's a reason they... They modeled the Little Caesars Arena pretty much after the Bell Center because it just feels like it's engulfing the players on the ice the way the the seats are. Yeah. So yeah, it's very cool. It's I mean it's an, and it's great to sit in because you feel like you're on top of the, the right. rink even when you're pretty far back. You you see everything really well. Uh, which arena has the best ice? The Bell Center wins that one, almost thirty percent. Then the Rogers Center, Bell MTS place in Winnipeg, not Minnesota. Next is Minnesota, the XL Energy Center, and then Las Vegas, the T-Mobile Arena. Interesting that the T-Mobile Arena has, I mean, fifth best ice is voted by the players in the league. Yeah, that's they They must take really good. I can't imagine that any place that's in warm climate has good ice. Right. That's so, what you think. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, best NHL team mascot, Gritty. Dude. That's no it. contest. That's it. Gritty. 69.4%. Surprise it's not higher. The next highest, Carlton the freaking bear for the Leafs at 2.7%. So nobody <laughs> voted for anybody but Gritty. Uh, Gritty is has to be the most popular North American sports mascot. Dude, he's now, so like, great. Period. So great. 
such a weird who designed that thing they need <laughs> they need pro professional help uh we're gonna skip best dressed best hair because who cares best nickname let's do best nickname uh give me your best nickname in the nhl and we'll we'll throw this list out there Ooh, geez i don't even know <sighs> now thomas tatar Tuna wins yeah. wins this one. 5.6%. Then you have Breadman, uh, Marco Snacks Dano, Christian Stinky Fisher, and Connor McJesus McDavid wins the... Uh, <laughs> I didn't even 2%. know his nickname was McJesus. That's just... I mean, a lot of these nicknames, right, are obviously like... Uh, what's the word? Why can't I think of it? But like inside jokes, right? They're just within the players themselves, yeah. they know. So um, I'll, I'll say my favorite is Mark Edward Vlasic. Pickles, pickles. Yeah, that I is just good. think I that's that so one. fun. Like, it that just cracks me up. <laughs> I mean, it's. I feel like it's so creative with the with the big. I just love it. I yeah, it it would be Big Z. I don't mind that one so much. I think that one's appropriate. I, but yeah, pickles and bread man are probably up there for me. I used to call uh, Tatar Tarty Sauce when he was in Detroit. So Tartar. Yeah. So Tartar he never sauce. really got tuna i i i don't know yeah where did that one come from was I, he always called tuna when he yeah, was here he, oh. i mean yeah that was his nickname so hey, i don't know all right well uh best athlete or favorite athlete outside of hockey is our last one and topping out that list who the hell still cheers for tiger woods i don't know but apparently 30 percent of the league is still enamored by tiger freaking woods Tiger freaking woods. I'm actually Who hasn't been relevant in about seven years. He had a nice little comeback last year, and, you know, but, uh, you know, he hasn't been dominant in the sport. Right. So you think like that's where most of these guys would would put their vote right in a dominant athlete. Roger Federer. Right. Lionel Messi. These guys are Tom dominant. Brady even. LeBron James. Yeah. These are all guys that made the list, but not even half of what Tiger Woods got. So that that's a little crazy to me. I figured there would be more. Uh, you know, Djokovic, there'll be more tennis guys on here, to be quite honest, or soccer guys, in my opinion, because we got a lot of Europeans. Yeah, the, Euro- the Euros, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. Who knows? Well, all right, that's uh, that's our our overtime hockey talk players poll. You know, we did our own players poll between ourselves, two of us. Yep. Congratulations. Um, let's, before we close out the show, you wanted to talk a little bit about Mike Babcock's comments uh, on the Toronto Maple Leafs, this, I just want to talk about last year, last week, the wing or the the Leafs in general, because I'm starting okay. to worry about okay. them. Right? They, I mean, they've been they came out hot to start the season. They they played fine for you know however many months afterwards, but then they've they've just been terrible looking the last you know couple of weeks. And I think five sure. out of the last six games they've given up five or more goals. And of course that one that they didn't give up five goals. They didn't score any goals. <laughs> so they lost three to nothing last night to Nashville. And, you know, I, for all the defensive deficiencies we can say that they have, it's it looks even more evident. And Babcock is coming out saying things like, you know, for instance, after last night's game to Nashville, he was talking about how they are so deep, how they can roll four lines. And, you know, when you have that kind of depth, you have the opportunity to blah, blah, blah. And it's it almost seems like he's been starting to, like, take cracks at his own guys. Like, he doesn't expect to be there after this season. So he's just literally calling guys out like, screw it, I don't you care. You don't think that Babcock expects to be there after no, this season? No, no, no. I, 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 he'll be here after the season. I mean, there's there's no way they're firing him right now, especially with the money they're paying him. But it's it seems like, you know, he's just like, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm just calling out people. I'm calling out the team for playing like garbage. And essentially, he was just saying like, okay, well, we, you know, we know Toronto's got forward depth, but it almost seemed like he's like, yeah, but these guys aren't playing 
to where they should be so we don't have four lines we can roll out because i'm not it's they're just not worth putting out there yeah and i can understand that frustration you know certainly i it is his responsibility to get guys going for each game but this is also what happens when maybe your best all your best players are younger is that sometimes you hit a point where you coast for a minute you think you're you think you're hot stuff and then you start to coast and this is not the time of year to coast you know even like they lost 6-2 to Ottawa there's a team you're expecting to go in and have like all right we're going to play Ottawa they should have won 10 to nothing against Ottawa yeah i mean yeah i mean ottawa is ottawa is is so devoid of talent they're the doormat right the now the thing is is that there's a lot of players playing for future money there right now and there's players playing for a spot next year and so those guys personally have everything to gain and so if you come into that game with anything less than your best you're going to get run over because guys don't care there's some players there that they know if they don't perform in these next 15 games this might be the end of their nhl career like they may never see the light of day in the national hockey league again and so now is the time to play this way so to me, I mean, you you have to come into these games knowing that these other teams aren't just going to back down because they're out of the playoffs. Like, they're playing loose. They don't care. You're trying to figure out your stuff. I mean, it's time to ramp it up. I think you did see that against Nashville. I'll be honest, watching that game, I mean, the, the Leafs got absolutely robbed. Uh, I think that in nine times out of ten, you probably win that game. Pekka Rene stood on his he head. He did. <laughs> Play uh, really Nashville, good. really, they weren't. they weren't creating any opportunities for themselves i think they had two shots in the second period uh it was it was all toronto uh but you know obviously obviously you have to score and and sometimes that is the way that a good team wins is that they get dominated but they're still able to win uh and i i you know i think that it just shows that the leafs with their current team they maybe just aren't quite there yet in terms of a like that top three team in the league but can they win around against boston i still think they can I think that the playoffs are a new season. You can come into the playoffs. We've seen teams roll into the regular season and get dropped by a team that didn't look like they had much left in the tank. Right. Now, are you concerned at all about maybe a lack of leadership no, in the room? No, I'm not, I'm not concerned about lack of leadership. Okay. I think it's just, you know, you've got young guys who personally, they, they're learning. They're learning how hard you have to go all year long and you know, of course, you have you have guys like Marlowe and you've got Hainsey. I think some of it is a, maybe a deployment issue, but at the same time, they've had guys that are hurt. Uh, so there, a lot of this is kind of coming at a weird time of the year. I I just think it's it's okay to semi limp into the playoffs. We've seen it happen before, and teams do well. I mean, that Los Angeles Kings team that barely squeaked into the playoffs at the very end of a season. I mean, they they managed. You know, there's there's been teams who and I mean, that team even lost the first three games of the year to the San Jose Sharks or games of the playoffs and came back, won that series and away they went and won the cup. So I I think there's a lot of ways to do it. Ideally, are you limping into the playoffs? No. I I still look at this like that Bruins Leafs series is anyone's anyone's game. It's going to be a fun series. Uh, And then, you know, whoever plays Tampa loses. So (laughs) that's I mean, that's 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 why I'm not as. I, I guess if they lose in the first round, yeah, it's not ideal, but I'm not as upset about it because, you know, as I've, if they get swept or something by the Bruins, then it's bad. If they lose in seven games, you know, that's serious. I'm going to be pissed, but it's, 
whoever plays Tampa, it's going to be a rough go against Tampa. They're so good. And I guess it's not to say that anyone, there's no hope for anyone to play them, but chances are you're going to be let down. Yeah. I, oh boy. So last question for you about Toronto at, at any point here, the last 10 dozen so games they have left. Do you split up Marner and Tavares? Well, they haven't been doing much the last little bit anyways. Right. And they, to me, are probably the two best defensive-minded forwards on the team, but they're still obviously the best producing guys. So, you know, maybe that can help, you know, the defensive side of the game where they seem to have been struggling very much so last couple weeks. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's just, there's so many options. Uh, I, I don't know. There's, there's some sort of reset button that just needs to be hit for this team because six weeks ago we were talking about how good this team was. True. And so it's okay. Like it's, you know, every team goes through these ups and downs except for Tampa Bay. And uh, (laughs) so, you know, we'll, we'll see how they, how, if they can push through this. Yeah. I'm okay with this because this is some adversity. This is the time of year to have some adversity and struggle with it. Because <laughs> if you have adversity in the playoffs and you don't do well with it, you're going to lose. So I'd rather these guys learn maybe some new new lessons now and limp into the playoffs. Or, maybe, you know, hey, who's to say the last 10 games of the season, they don't rip off 8 out of 10 and come roll into the playoffs and everyone forgets about all this. All right. Perfect. We shall see what happens. Well, that's our show. We... Would love to chat with you on Twitter as well at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. If you have any suggestions or you just want to talk smack, we are here for you. Uh, we'll talk to you guys 